Hello and welcome to Touchline from Kasper Els and Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark. Hi, Kas. Nice to be back here. We had some good rugby again this weekend from all over the world. Talking Six Nations, France versus Scotland, the game that they postponed earlier that they had to play now. Um, Scotland beating France 27-23, which gave Wales the, the Six Nations. Your thoughts on that one, Mark? Well, firstly, obviously, congratulations to Wales. Um, yes. You know, in theory, they, they won the Cup last, last week already. Um, but obviously because of Scotland and, and, uh, and a couple France of permutations, play, yes. yeah, and it and it would have been a difficult one. Would have been. Um, but I think you know it's actually although you win it, it's a it's a bit of a letdown because you're lifting the trophy a week later type of thing. You know if you if they had lifted it the night that they played, it would have obviously tasted a bit better. Um, but well done to them. Um, and I think it's been a it's been a good season. Look, they they were fortunate yet and there with those yellow cards and how they yes. won. But I mean, a good side rides those things, and and you make you make the negatives count for you, you know. So good luck to them, and 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 hopefully it will stand them in good stead. Um, I think from a and we'll 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 get onto this point. But I think from a Lions point of view, um, the way the Six Nations has panned out. I think Warren Gatland is a bit concerned because I think in in general you would probably lean towards the English players more than anyone else and yes. this has upset the apple cart. So for him I think there's an issue but we'll discuss that later. Um, and then, you know, obviously we're going to go to, to France-Scotland, part of the Six Nations with, with Wales winning and I think the permutations there would have been stacked quite heavily against France and the reason why I'm saying that because they had to win with a 20 point margin and 21 extra point bonus margin points plus and so forth tries. Yes. the conditions though wouldn't have suited that because it was raining at some one stage yes. and, and, and it was wet but my take on it um, I think that was one of the, the I don't want to say worse because it sounds very negative towards France um, but they weren't on song, put it that way. Um, the way we know France can play, and and hopefully we'll have one of the coaches in in studio one of these days to, to just to chat about that. But um, you know, it could have been one of those things to know that you are a good enough side to go in. Preparation would have been done well, yes. but maybe from a player's perspective, who knows? Could have underestimated or whatever it is. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't France's best performance. But good luck to Scotland because they had they hadn't beaten the French in in France for a number of years, you know. So and and give credit where credit is due. Scotland have had a decent uh, Six Nations. Well, it must campaign. have been a decent side because they they've broken some records going through this along whole Six Nations along definitely. the way. They they've definitely bettered from from last year. Looking at the at the Six Nations last year, it was um, England. France, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Italy last year. And this year it's Wales, France, Italy, uh, Ireland, Scotland, England, Italy. So basically on that log, it's only Wales and England that swap places. Yeah, but I think if you look at the logs and, and if we'd gone, we one could look at the point system and that, um, this year would have been a lot closer than, than in the past. Um, right until the last round, anyone could have won the Six Nations. Um, barring, unfortunately, England and, and uh, England, you know they've, England they've and gone backwards. Yeah. Um, you know, for a for a champion side like England that that lost in the final of the World Cup, that are 
that were current Six Nations champions yes. to, to fall out the bus like that, I, th I think it's concerning. There's a lot of people that are, I know who wants to be a coach yet again in, in cases like this when the team doesn't do well, everyone blames the coach. And I'm not saying he's not to blame, um, but they're asking, they're asking for his head. I see that they're asking for his head. Um, whether it's going to happen or not, that's still to be seen. Well, he's, he's under review like with every tournament. Once you're done, then the coaches give feedback yes. and that. So I've heard a few names being being thrown around. Um, you know, Warren Gatland is one of them. Yes. But, uh, but uh, a one coach that, that's also from, from the south in, in Scott Robson, Robinson, sorry, um, from Crusaders, um, they've, they looked at his track record and how long he's been at certain clubs and, and how successful he's been and so forth. And, uh, you know, Clive Woodward, Sir Clive Woodward is, is punting for him to take over from Eddie. But, I mean, it's not his call. It's a, it's a union's decision. Um, but I feel sorry for Eddie. But, you know, sometimes it's, it is how it is. No, it's a business. So. When, when those names start talking, then obviously the, the unions and, and England rugby is going to sit up and listen. Yeah. Then talking about the clubs in, in Europe, um, Leinster, Munster final in the Pro 14. Yeah, it was quite a good final as well. You know, the, those two clubs, unfortunately for Munster, Leinster's had the, the upper hand in the, in the last couple of matches that they've played against each other. But it's always a close, a close yeah. encounter. You know, the one team never runs away from it. I mean, same as on, on the weekend when they played, there was only one try in it. Um, you know, Leinster is a quality side, and so is Munster. Um, you know, and I think... At one stage, it probably gets to a point where it's a psychological battle before you get onto the field and play because you know you have to play out your skins to, to, to break it, you know. And um, But, you know, Leinster is a quality side. It's their fourth uh, Pro 14 uh, final that they've won on the trot. So, um, you know, the Irish Irish rugby is definitely on a high. And, and, you know, I also feel for a guy like CJ Stander that, yes. that played for Munster. He's finishing up now, and hopefully this guy would be in the... And the line set up, we think he deserves it and it would be appropriate to come and play in South Africa. But uh, yeah, credit credit to Leinster. They're obviously doing something right. Definitely doing things right. Then talking about the, the Lions tour, you mentioned the Lions tour to South Africa. Um, Mike Greenaway today um, had a long article um, that he mentioned the Springboks conditioning to take on the Lions in South Africa, and we were talking about 19 months now since they've played. There's another four months before they start playing, and people talking about whether they're going to be up for it or not. And he mentioned Argentina playing Australia and New Zealand last year and how well they did, beating New Zealand and um, drew with, with Australia, and that the South Africans playing overseas currently all done well. Um, the guys that played in South Africa as well, you mentioned Dwayne Vermeulen that basically took every single award that was available. Um, all those guys are on form, and if you put them together in a Springbok squad, then obviously Rassi and, and Jacques Ninova will, will be able to mould a proper side. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't think there's a major concern. Um, where, where the concern is would be that you know, our players are scattered all over the world, yes. so they are used to different structures and that. Johan van Gron, I don't believe, will change too much. 
from a Springbok point of view, but there will be changes. The difference here, though, is, and one can say the same, now England have played and Wales have played and Ireland have played and the Scots have played. So Warren Gatland would obviously get those players together and, and mould his own brand of rugby. So I don't think, I don't think from, a, from a fitness level it would be an issue either because through Saru and, and Rashi Erasmus, obviously the guys would be on strict coaching or, or conditioning plans and so on and so forth. Um, where I think we, we will benefit is the fact that we're going to go into the Rainbow Cup now. Yes, um, yes we're going to be playing against um, players from Ireland and Scotland and all over. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's a massive concern. There is a concern in the sense that you know, the, other, the other countries have played longer than us. But I think the way we've structured it throughout the Preparations Cup and going into the, into the, the Rainbow Cup now, I think we would have had ample game yes. time. And game time is the key word you know, where the players need to play. So I see Rashi has also now asked the franchise coaches that the Springboks, and I'm assuming those that he's looking at to be selected, play more often than not. Yes. The other thing that we mustn't lose sight of is that the Lions are also a combined team. It's not a, a national side or a test side that's been playing throughout the, the Six Nations and continuing. It's also a combined team. So it's also a team that's going to be put together a couple of weeks before the tour. Um, and they're also going to have limited um, preparation time and playing together. No, 100%. And if you look at it like that, then uh, because I think the, the cup that they're going to play for now is a, is a four for a six-week competition, two months or four months, I'm not too sure. Um, so there's a lot of game time. I mean, when it kicks off, the local derby would be three weeks and then we're going to start touring. So I think it's about two or three-month tournament. Um, I'm saying weeks, but I think it's about three-month tournament. So um, by the time the Springboks get together and they play, they would have had enough game time. And game time, I think, is the key here yeah, because, you know, it's, it's the odd bumps and bruises. The concern here, though, is... Um, when we're going to a competition like this, but that's, that's contact sport, is the amount of injuries that there might be. Um, but, I mean, it works the same for, for the British and Irish lines when they come to South Africa. I just wanted to, to add on this that, you know, you, you mentioned Argentina playing New Zealand last year and, and Australia. I think the, the key difference here, though, is that the pressure is different. Yes. You know, no one expected the Argentinians to win. We are the world champions, so we are expected to do well. And I think that might be the difference. So as a, as a collective Springbok side, we hadn't played since the World Cup. We know we are still world champions. We are top of the, the point system in the world rankings, and we haven't played. So I think the eyes on us and the pressure would be different, though. It's definitely going to be different. You're talking about uh, the Rainbow Cup. I see the fixtures have been, been announced. Um, it's starting on the 24th of April. And he's going right through to the 19th of June, um, where the first round, I'm just going to talk about the South African fixtures. First round fixtures on the 24th of April will be the Varukom Bulls versus the uh, Emirates Lions, uh, DHL Stormers versus the Celsius Sharks. And then on the 1st of May um, will be the DHL Stormers versus the Varukom Bulls, the Celsius Sharks versus um, Emirates Lions. And then on the 8th of May, will be the Varukom Bulls versus the Celsius Sharks, Emirates Lions versus the DHL Stormers. That's quite interesting and, and maybe fitting that we get the local derbies done first. And obviously, yes. 
there was lots of thought behind this due to COVID and that, that there's less traveling and that. So, uh, you know, if, if the local derbies are done and hopefully the next wave hasn't hit us specifically, then, uh, you know, it will be well. I did, I did uh, ever hear that, you know, the following rounds um, will be quite difficult from a South African point of view because yes. all the rounds haven't really been finalized. No, they haven't. But uh, apparently the way it's going to be structured is going to be difficult for the South African side's touring. But be it as it may, um, you know, from a franchise point of view, the franchise and the coaches obviously want to win the competition. Yes. I think the bigger picture for South Africa here is to build on our Springbok squad and to get them prepared for for the Lions tournament. So, um, And uh, we mentioned earlier, just on talking about other, other teams now, in the Pro 14 final this weekend, Leinster played Munster. And they are the ones that start the first round over there as well, you know. Second so game. Oh. That is going to be a that is going to be a tough one for itself, you know. So, one. but it's great. And then in those a lot of those teams, there's many South Africans playing there as well. They are. So who knows if uh, coaching staff on this side would have a look at them because they're going to be playing against them and playing overseas. So I'm sure they're going to look at all of them. I mean, they they in their competition and and everybody's playing against. It's going to be like a. A local tournament, so I'm sure they're going to look at all those players. Yeah, no, definitely. And then going down under, I see the Waratahs. The Waratahs coach has been fired. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, shame. You know, as a coach, I speak, I speak on behalf of all coaches. It's always difficult when, um, when things don't go well. The coach is always under pressure, like England now with Eddie Jones. Um, you know, they've they've asked him to step down. They've had, the Waratahs have had, I think, four losses on the trot. Uh, quite a big one against the Reds on the weekend. Um, you know, and Waratahs Union have, have made a statement to say that obviously from their perspective, it's not acceptable. They wish him well in going wherever he's going. And they also understand that playing personnel isn't up to scratch and so forth. So, you know, if, if you read it like that and they give him opportunity to, to get the union firing on all cylinders again, but you don't really have the players to do it, it also makes it difficult. But as a coach, it's your responsibility. So what they've done now, he stepped down and the two assistant coaches are now running it until the end of the competition. And then obviously they're waiting for a, for a new appointment there. So it's very... And, and let's face it, the Waratahs traditionally are a very strong franchise, you know. So They've it's sad to see them there. also falling apart. That's a very ugly word, but falling apart like that because they are good enough to perform yes. at the top level. Well, it's been shown in history that if uh, the Brumbies, the Waratahs are on top of their game, then Australian rugby Correct. is healthy. Correct. Um, and, and, and the Waratahs at the moment is definitely uh, not healthy. No, it's very sad. Then our local derbies. Sharks... 45, Bulls 12, Pumas 22, Griquas 23, Cheetahs 71, EP Elephants 12, Stormers 44, and the Lions 12. Your thoughts on these ones? Quite big scores? Yeah, look, uh, if we can start with the Sharks game. Yes. Um, you know, the Sharks played, it's still not their strongest side, but it was a strong side that played. Um, the Bulls traditionally have a lot of depth. Um, but I think the Sharks, the Sharks outplayed, outplayed the Bulls they did. more so in the first 25, 30 minutes of the game. And then obviously it started changing slightly. So, you know, as, as, 
as a coach, you look at both sides of it. You look at the Sharks. Sean Everett would have taken a lot of positive out of it. I mean, the try that Chia Colisi scored was a humdinger. They started on one side of the field, good handling, good skills, good ball presentation, um, and Sia finished up. But, I mean, that you see in the French side, type of handling skills, and the conditions weren't good either. Yeah. Um, you know, then you look at a guy like Jake White, he would look at the young side that he brought here. Not many of his first choices played that specific game. Um, they, yes, they had the likes of the Mornay Staines and so forth, but, I mean, that was a young side. So it would be negative for them to lose with such a big margin, obviously, and when they're building and trying to get a momentum going. But from a coaching point of view, I don't think there's, there's too much negativity in that specific because you can build on that and pick it up knowing that your frontline players must still play. You know, then you go to, to the EP Kings, and gee, I feel sorry for them. You know, it's, it's very difficult week in and week out to get a hiding like that. Um, 71-12 yes. is, is nearly a point a minute in a, in a game for the opposition. And credit to them. They, they never give up. They keep going and whatever, you know. And, and Peter de Villiers week in and week out speaks about the players that he doesn't have and so forth. But it makes it difficult to build character firstly and that belief in where you want to go and that if you don't have. So they're also speaking about a loan system. Whether it's going to work or not, I don't know. Um, but it's very difficult. And, you know, for a, for a coach like Peter de Villiers, his uh, coaching experience and ability, who knows, something might be happening there soon too, you know, because he is there to rebuild. But how long do you rebuild for? So yes. it makes it very difficult. And then the Lions going down to the, against the Stormers. Stormers outplayed them completely. Yeah, likewise, though. Um, you know, it's very difficult in the, in the preparation cup because that's exactly what it is. They were preparing for the Pro, 14, Pro 16. Um, I think the Stormers outplayed the Lions and they it was a quick game them. and they yes. played quickly and, and I think they did things differently. Having said that, though, I think the Lions, it wasn't the strongest side that the Lions could field either. Oh, um, so, um, yes, they had the odd strong player or first choice player in there, but I think the Stormers probably had more of those. Um, but it's an eye opener. You know, sometimes it sounds strange now, but sometimes you want to you want to get beaten because you look at it differently and you look at where you could have fixed it or could have done certain things wrong. Whereas if you run away with it, then there's not much negative that you can take out of it. You know, so maybe not sticking to structure or something like that. But I think the preparation cup for all four franchises um, would have done all of us well. I think the coaches are all astute coaches. They know exactly where they're going. I don't think that they would have a concern in general. They might have the odd question mark with regards to one or two players. And I think even in the Sharks side, we had, we had first-choice players um, that I think, in, personally, in my opinion, in the, in the, in the uh, games that were played now, they didn't put their hands up. So the second-choice or the third-choice players actually put their hands up, and that's what you they, want. Yes. As a coach, they you want did. to know you've got yes. the depth. So I think South African rugby, I think, is in good hands at the moment. So I'm really... Very healthy um, at the moment. Yeah, I'm happy with that. And hopefully that will filter through to the Springboks taking on the Lions and we can, we can show the... Then also, Mike Greenaway today had an article saying that Makazolo Mpimpi is returning to, to Sharks rugby. Um, I see there's quite big numbers attached to this. Um, your thoughts on players like these returning to, to South Africa? 
Look, I think it's brilliant. Firstly, I think it was great for the Sharks to release him to go and play there, to get some different experience and obviously make a few rand. Um, but it's great to have a, a Springbok and a, and a World Cup winner come back to our shores. You know, as it is, we've got at the Sharks, we've got decent wings. Um, so for him to slot in, obviously, he'll be one of our first choices. Um, but it's great, and and the little bit of experience that he would have gained there over the last few few months would 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 do well for us at the end of the day. So it would be nice to to welcome him back. I just feel for those that that have joined us in the interim that now need to play second or third or fourth fiddle. You know, yes. having said that, though, going into Pro 14, um, obviously the players coming in and out of the side and and your amount of players that you're allowed to take plays a big role here too. So I think. Uh, he would definitely be an asset for us going into pro rugby. He will definitely be. Um, just something that I missed to mention um, on the Lions Tour. Um, the Lions Tour seems to to have a couple of um, issues that they need to sort out. And I see now the plan B that was announced is that they might go into a bubble and play in Gauteng only uh, between Pretoria and Johannesburg. Um, would you think that we that we will go that route or well obviously it all depends on whether the third wave will will eat south africa and and how things happen and i think part of the decision making would in all probability be based on quite a bit of pro rugby for us traveling overseas and guys coming in here and moving in between the provinces and that so um you know, as it is, we're losing spectator capacity. Um, sadly, if we if we don't feature the lines in any of the other provinces, then people would obviously be prevented from from seeing yes. them live. Um, but having said that, I think from a South African point of view, it doesn't really matter if they go into a bubble and the and the coaches and the and the players are safe. That's what we want. That's the first priority. Um, and then, obviously, from a playing perspective. We want them to be in South Africa. So if yes. that is the route to go, I think from a world spectator point of view, everyone would be happy with that as long as they play. Yes. And um, you know, they, you'll you'll prevent travelling and and things like that. So I think it's a safer route to go, I suppose. Um, but if that's our only option, I'll put my hand up. I'll accept it gladly. And especially in two venues like uh, Loftus Flashfield and, and Ellis Park, um, those are two massive venues, and and I'm sure the Lions won't mind playing all their games there. Yeah, and I mean, it's rich history, you know. If you go, funny enough yes. now, if if we had to play in the Cape, um, you know, these guys would have no track record of Newlands anymore because Newlands is no more. Yes. So Ellis Park is our fortress, yes. and from a Bulls perspective, Loftus Fersfeld. So um, I think those are probably, in South Africa, the two toughest venues to play at. So... Um, if that is the reason behind it and it helps us a little bit, we'll take it gladly. Yeah. But just to mention that this is plan B. Um, nothing is cast in stone here. Um, there's not even a final decision on whether there's going to be spectators or not. So all of this are just plans on the table trying to figure out how they're going to go shoot the third wave hit us. And rightfully so. As long as they come and tour, I mean, that's what we want. Yes. We want the world champions to play against a very, very good line side. I think this line side is going to be one of the better ones to come out of those shores. I think so, with a, a lot of missing Englishmen. Yeah, and a few South Africans. And, and uh, maybe a few if South I can Africans. Just, if I can just yes. go on the South African point of view, for Scotland, um, 
if you look at Scotland's Duan van der Merwe, yes. um, Akker's brother, he has broken the tackle count that O'Driscoll has held, I think, since 2000. Um, the broken tackles. So yes. O'Driscoll held the record for 30 broken tackles in the Six Nations. Yes. And Van Amerwe has just broken that. He's now 31. Sounds silly, only one. But in a competition where there's only so many games. Yes. And that specific record has stood for many, many years. So our very own South African has broken that record. And we lost him to Scotland. It's sad. It's very sad. Mark, thank you very much for your input again. Um, much appreciated. Love listening to your thoughts. Yeah, it's always nice to, to chat rugby. And, you know, it's not, not only my side. I mean, there's many people that, that love rugby and that, that runs in our blood. And we just want to chat about it. So um, just to say yet again, as you mentioned earlier, that it's only my thoughts and your thoughts. And, it's, you know, we might speak about Munster or, or Leinster or England or the Sharks or the Springboks. Um, but that's our thoughts. So it's nothing specific, and obviously we might not get it right every single time. But always nice being here. Thank you very much for tuning in to Touchline. From myself, Casper Els, and Mark Cameron, have a great rugby week.